to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I consider the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine. I've got a four-day weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. Same four-day weekend here too. Yeah. Barrett too. Barrett too. And yeah. speaking of speaking of Barrett, uh, from the state of or the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Good. And we have a special guest. Uh, he was supposed to join us uh, last week, but he had some. Uh, um, things that came up that uh, prevented him from joining us, and uh, from the province of Alberta, Canada. Hey, everybody, it's Sean. Hope you're doing well, and thanks for having me back. Indeed, indeed. And uh, so, uh, for folks who are curious, because some of our listeners, like Pam, are always curious when we record episodes, this is May 25th, 2023, that we're recording this. Um, and that's the t- date stamp. Now, uh, for who we are, uh, we are the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is uh, a website of www.darkdiscussions.com. Basically, we talk here on this podcast about films and cinemas, such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mystery, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, foreign language films, and the like. Basically, we talk about Actually, we talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, We do have an email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com, and just email us, uh, put in the subject uh, line, Dark Discussions, and we'll know it's specifically for this podcast here because we do have other podcasts on the website as well. Uh, Eric, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com? They can find a link to our Patreon account, Patreon a service that allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. Uh, producing this show is not free. Uh, things have to be paid for, like domain names and web hosting and movie rentals and computer equipment and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. We appreciate all contributions. Indeed. And uh, that pretty much wraps up our house cleaning here. So uh, with that, I think, uh, Eric, uh, why don't you let everyone know what we're going to talk about tonight? 
Tonight, uh, we are talking about a movie that's currently available for rent on digital video on demand services, uh, just released at the end of April, called The Artifice Girl. Recognize this girl? Yes. What's her name? Cherry. We think we can help you, but we need to help her too. You don't understand. Who is she? I'm asking you politely to let this one go. She's a child. The reason you can't find Cherry, the reason why she doesn't have a last name or a social security number, is because she's not a real human being. Hey, what's up? She's one of the most complex AIs that's ever been created. What I want is to protect children. We're talking about a monumental transition from digital to physical. Human nature is not something I aspire to. Do you want to tell us the truth? Sherry isn't human. No more secrets. Artifice Girl is uh, a film that is written and directed by Franklin Rich. Um, he is uh, not too much I know about him. Uh, uh, the websites uh, only, we can only find is Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. There's no wiki for this web or this movie at this time. Uh, uh, the film does. Indeed. The the film stars uh, a handful of people, not too many. It uh, stars uh, Tatum Matthews, playing the character of Sherry. Lance Henriksen plays the uh, older version of Gareth. Uh, David Girard plays the character Amos. Cinda Nichols plays the character of Dina. And Franklin Rich plays uh, the young Gareth. Um, and that's pretty much the cast, to be honest. It's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, the film is broken into three parts, um, but we'll uh, talk about that when we get to um, our discussion on the film. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. So uh, with that, we can go into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about this film. And so let's start with you, Mike. I literally heard about it when we were discussing what to cover this week. I don't remember who brought it up. I don't remember who suggested it. I just remember that it came up and, uh, and that was it. And so I knew nothing about this. I went in about as cold as you can possibly get. Uh, now it so happens that I did end up seeing it just browsing to see what new releases were. Uh, and it did pop up there anyway. So I probably would have found out about it regardless, but I don't know if I would have paid any attention to that. Um, and I, I only knew the very thinnest outline of the premise. And, um, yeah, it's hard to talk about without spoiling, uh, even like they, they withhold the basic premise of it from you for the first, oh, 10 minutes of the movie or so. And I'm not sure if we should, if, if I'm going to spoil that quite yet, but, uh, I will say, I'm not sure how to classify this film. 
it's a film that I found was interesting and like a little bit thought provoking. It's a conversation we have we have had a few times on this podcast. <laughs> nauseum. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's and, and quite frankly, though, it's a it's a conversation that we were having long before the rest of the world was having it, and and now the rest of the world is starting to catch up with us. Uh, but I, I'll say I don't. It's not a film that I found necessarily entertaining. I found it interesting, uh, and I think I would classify this certainly as I guess sort of science fiction. Uh, it's not horror. I don't even know if it's as that dark, which is weird given the the, the subject matter. Uh, which is about child predators, kind of, sort of. Um, but yeah, I as I said, it's just, it's going to be an interesting film to talk about. I say I enjoyed watching it. I just don't know if I enjoyed the film because it's not like a oh boy that was fun that was a blast. Um. But it's much, but it's a little bit more of a, a smarter film, I think, than a uh, an emotional one. And uh, yeah, so like I said, I'm looking forward to, to, to discussing it and processing my own thoughts on it. All right, sounds good. Uh, Eric, uh, <laughs> me? Oh man, I just choked out my own saliva while I started to talk. Um, I heard <laughs> like about Final Tap drummer. <laughs> uh I heard about this uh I think I found it in new releases when it when it first hit uh and threw it in my uh watch list. Uh so I was aware of the movie's existence, but I didn't know a whole lot about it until Phil brought it up last week as a possibility to do an episode on. Um and Phil texted me last night letting me know he thought this movie was a masterpiece. Um and I'll be honest, I discounted that comment. <laughs> Because, you know, you know, Phil, hyperbole is either the best movie ever or garbage. So uh, <laughs> I tend to just wait and, and see what I think on my own. However, in this particular case, uh, I agree with him. Um, I think this movie is kind of a uh, spiritual relative to Ex Machina. Um, it's a people in a room talking movie which I really enjoy if it's done well. And this one is done very well. Uh, there's some great acting in it. And I also find that it's uh, to be thought provoking. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit and I'm looking forward to having a conversation on it. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll go next. Cause uh, uh, a little bit was spilled out of the bag, rightfully so though. Um, so yeah, um, I f- actually found it because uh uh, I was just looking through iTunes and various other places uh, for possible films to uh, do as an episode for the future. Um, and this one happened to be one of them. And um, Eric mentioned that he would do this one or um, this this one. Yeah. And then, then he mentioned uh, a foreign language film from Shutter. And uh, we, we went, went with this one because um, – Eric made the point that uh, I've always said, which is my, my shutter app keeps on screwing up on me. And I tried it again this, this, uh, earlier this week and, and it's still screwing up. So I'm going to have to try the, the, um, re subscribe thing or whatever you, Eric, mm-hmm. you mentioned mm-hmm. to do on, on the iPhone. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so I, that's the only way I found out about the film. 
was that it was just there on iTunes. And um yeah, it was really good. It's it is a, a masterpiece, I feel. Um sometimes when we, we get stuck with some of the films we review, I will uh um check my email or or my cell phone or the book that's next to me. But uh uh within the five, first five minutes I was I was on board and, and uh it gripped me. Um Similar to uh, how Evil Dead Rise did, uh, but the difference was is this I saw, saw at home, and, and you have a lot of distractions at home, uh, but I was not distracted. So, uh, yeah, this is a really good film. Um, it's it's uh, I enjoyed it. I, I understand what Mike is saying, but I, I enjoyed it a whole lot because – I, I, it's a, t- a film that I could probably rewatch multiple times as I eccentrically do. Um, and I did buy it. So I probably will do that, especially the first act. I like the first act the best. Um, and, uh, I, it is a science fiction, but it's, it's not, uh, space odyssey or, or space fantasy or anything like that. It's, it's more of a hard science fiction with, um, futuristic ideas but in the real world similar to like megan i guess but but more hard science fiction than than thriller like that film uh so i i, w- I would give it a high recommend a high a big thumbs up and um yeah i i would still say as as, as eric mentioned that uh, yeah i feel it was a masterpiece and it, and it wasn't me doing my hyperbolic best film ever. Um, it, it really is a great film. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I had never heard of this film. Somehow I just didn't see it, um, anything about it. So I went in completely blind. Um, yeah, some of the films we watch, I could do other stuff, like Phil said. I actually had come upstairs to watch it. My wife went to bed early last night. And um, so I just came upstairs to watch it on my little TV. And I got about five to 10 minutes in and I was like, okay, I need the big screen for this. So I went downstairs and sat in a dark room and watched this movie and paid complete attention to it because it was so interesting. Um, I, I'm up there. I don't know if I would call it a masterpiece. Uh, it is probably going to be somewhere near number one for genre films this year for me. Uh, I thought it was very thought provoking and it, kept my attention through the whole thing, which is hard to do sometimes with an action flick if it's not done right. And this is just people talking basically through the whole movie. So it's, it's really, really well done. Um, and I highly recommend it. All right. Sounds good. And, uh, our guest host tonight, uh, Sean Fox. Yeah. So I found out about this movie this afternoon when Phil messaged me. So I, Basically, uh, watched it twice in between the time he messaged me and when we started the podcast. I thought it was really, really good. I wasn't quite sure what to expect because I went in totally blind. Um, but I thought the cast was really good. I thought the pacing was really good. I thought, like you guys have mentioned, you couldn't be distracted by other stuff. You, your, your attention, your, your rapt attention to watch it, right? Um, I like the questions that it makes you ponder. And uh, for something that has such a small cast and almost a one-room show, uh, it's really good. And like you, you guys have said before, too, the, the, something can be done like that, and it 
can fall flat on its face. This does not. And I also like the fact that there's a ginger involved, so <laughs> good to see my people on screen. So, <laughs> quote unquote people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, all right. So it appears that uh, we all uh, like this in, in uh, different ways too. Uh, Mike Mike's uh, uh, opinion was was the most different and. And most interesting, and so we'll, we'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll talk more about that too as we get into it. But uh, before we do, uh, Eric, do we have a wiki? Wiki, wiki. Um, all right, guys. So we need to make a decision at this point because Mike was talking about how he wasn't sure if we should spoil the premise of it. Um, and this this blurb here lays the whole movie out. So do you want me to read it or not? Right, well, this is this is this is why. So I think I think we were willing to go to at least this point. I'm fine with it. Um, but clearly the way the movie unfolds, you're not necessarily supposed to know what's happening at the start. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So uh, let's do this, Eric. I, I go to rottentomatoes.com and okay. say this, cause this says nothing, which is good. All right. Let me, let me get there. Yeah. Because you're right. The IMDB one is, is kind of thorough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Quite, quite thorough. Mm-hmm. All right. So well, Eric's mm-hmm. Eric's looking that up. Um, uh, Sean, how's the weather up in Canada? Uh, it's right, pretty it. mild today. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, all right, we got it. That's, that was quick. Good. Um, oh, actually, you know what? They've got the same blurb on Rotten Tomatoes if you look at the movie info. But if you look at the critics... Oh, no, we're not going to do that one, though. The critics yeah, that's what we'll do. on Rotten Tomatoes says, The Artifice Girl blends timely themes and a sci-fi structure to explore thought-provoking questions surrounding the ethics of artificial intelligence. All right. That's good. I like it. Yeah, it, that's, uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, the uh, it mentions, you know, Artifist is in the title, and Girl, you know, and, and people have seen Megan, I'm sure, that have uh, listened to this podcast. So so it, it sounds good without really explaining anything like the blurb that is at the bottom of the Rotten Tomato page, as well as on IMDb. Um, so, what what do we do here on uh, the Dark Discussions podcast? For folks who are new to the podcast, uh, basically we review, and uh, that's what we just did. And then before we talk about the film in detail, because we are here to critique and dissect as well. And as uh, Mike mentioned, and Eric mentioned, there's a lot of interesting topics that uh, we can talk about, and that we've had many times before with do. At- uh, not do, but X Machina, among other films. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, the spoiler section, and we will throw up the spoiler section soon, uh, because as Eric mentioned and Mike mentioned, it's kind of tough to talk about this film without spoiling um, the f- what happens. But uh, what we'll generally talk about before we do throw up the spoiler is just general stuff about science fiction and artificial intelligence, because, again, that's right there in the the critic consensus that uh, Eric mentioned, as well as just artificial intelligence nowadays is uh, uh, within the past four weeks has become a huge topic. And so this film oddly comes out uh, as well as Megan for that matter um, in an interesting time. Uh, So um, with that, uh, we will get into our general topics uh, which will be maybe uh, AI and film similar to this, and and where it fits in, and and 
just the news in general about the topic. Uh, so uh, anybody want to start? Uh, anybody so have Phil, anything to wanna... answer your question? It is yes. 18 degrees Celsius, which is 65 degrees Fahrenheit, and it is the first day or second days in, that we haven't had the smoke from all the wildfires choking us. So it's quite pleasant. Mm. So th- what that means is I could have opened up my phone and said Siri, because Siri always bothers me at least once every episode <laughs> of this podcast, and said, Siri, what's the the weather in Alberta, Canada, uh, or Edmonton area? And it would uh, pop up. And that's kind of um, the beginning of of kind of oh, stuff that we talk about in this film. Yep. Yeah. Which I mean, Siri because, have understood? Because I, I remember... Right, right, but Siri, right, Siri understands based off of, uh, I guess, keywords and 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 language. And I have a Boston accent, so she never understands me. But which she understands people like uh, Eric, Mike, or Sean or Barrett. Um, she can come up with answers. And um, this film Wrong has. Answers. <laughs> that's true that's true uh, she does identify songs pretty well um so where, where do we want to go from there uh what, what, what well, do we want to talk about yeah uh, I, i've got a couple things to start with first of all is that opening scene you're talking about where she's talking to siri on her phone i have never really used siri uh because 75 percent of the time she doesn't do what i want anyway um and I, if, if like watching her interact with her phone verbally that much made me feel really uncomfortable for some reason. <laughs> I didn't like it because um, because I don't I don't like the whole voice assistant thing. It's just it's it's not my deal. Uh, I don't have any of those devices in my home that listen to you because um, I don't trust them to not listen, um, which also comes up in this movie. Uh so, yeah, uh, that's my feelings on the, the whole digital voice assistant thing. Um, I'll also say that um, what I found interesting about this movie, we have, as I mentioned before, discussed the whole issue of AI um, becoming sentient many times, uh, in, and mainly in our other podcast, uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, about Westworld. Um and I don't think we need to have that argument again. <laughs> we all know where each other stands on that. However, I will say what I found interesting about this movie is it was really more of an examination of where that line might be. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and there's also an additional aspect to it I'll throw out there after we get past spoilers. Um, but I, I thought the examination of the topic was a little more nuanced in this movie than it's been in some of the other material we've covered. Right. That's true. That's true. It's, um, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Westworld because I completely forgot about it because I'm probably intentionally trying to forget about it after the last couple of seasons. <laughs> Season three and four. Yeah. That's forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah indeed. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the, uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I don't have any of those listening devices in my house either, except for my cell phone. Um, and so I, I, I've always been paranoid about about this stuff um, because 
it's not to go into the same arguments or discussions we've had in the past, but um, I, I can't. I, I'm always convinced that AI will be complete cluster B because they won't have feelings and stuff. And they kind of get into that a little bit in this movie here, where they talk about. Well, and, and, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just even if you're not talking about AI, um, just you know, it is fact <laughs> that some of the listening devices that have been sold to the public have been listening when they're not supposed to be listening. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And it, and it is kind of horrifying. And and we actually did a movie about that that has not been released yet. It's in the, our queue to be released for this podcast called Kimmy, which shows that specifically. Where oh, my God. It hasn't been released yet? No. No, no, no. It's it's, it's one of the one of the um, backlog ones that, that for the like rainy days. January twenty twenty two. Just just to throw this out there, I, I have lots of listening devices and I just don't care. Um, so I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum because I figure if they want to listen in, they'll find a way to listen in anyway. So I just don't care. Okay. Right. Well, I'm always I, I, I have I have an Alexa here, and the 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 most she ever listens to is this podcast. So <laughs> you know if there's if the AI is planning on taking over and destroying the world. We will certainly be one of the reasons. Um, yeah, I've given in to the overlords already. <laughs> well, and see, to me, it's just we don't – Pam and I don't, like, talk much in the room in which it, it happens, in the room in which it sits. So it's not exactly that's that's going to pick up on anything. Well, what's the point of having it? Uh, I actually just have it more for the, the, the digital speaker than anything else. <laughs> okay. As a Bluetooth. Because it, it was, like, one of those – very cheap deals. Yeah, I use it to play music, find out the weather, whatever. You know, sometimes right. I well, listen I, to the news on it, and sometimes podcasts. There's one thing, we, Barrett, you may you brought up that was interesting is like if they really want to, they're going to find a way anyway. And and uh, you know, sometimes those those t- uh, one of the rumors was that TVs have them and and they can be used that way, but. Another one that I always bothers me, and I always think about it for some reason because I've seen it in so many movies, spy movies specifically, is satellites that that fly over. Um, Enemy of the they, they can see inside everybody's house. They can, yeah, they can see, yeah, right, right. They yeah. can see inside the house, right. You know, you know. So they, it's 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 scary. It's it well, it's funny me. because and I just I know, yeah, I just think of it like I don't think they want to listen to me anyway. I don't think they care. Um, but well, I understand, I understand right, right, yeah, what you're right. talking about. Yeah, I understand your point of view. They're going to find a way to listen to you, but I can, I like, I'm pretty confident that I have not provided Amazon with any re- recordings of myself. Yeah, and I understand completely why you right, would right. want to do that and not want to be using the devices. Um, you sound like my dad, but I understand. Well, listen <laughs> to your father, damn it. Yeah. Well, and there's things, look, and there's ways they have data. And I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast before about like just the, those, those little, uh, cards you have at the supermarket, like, so to get you the deals without a coupon. And that's keeping track of what you buy. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to, and, and that's, that's keeping tabs on it and sending you things. And I told this, I've told the story, I'm pretty sure about, uh, like how Target, um, had sent a, a uh, teenage girl, uh, and a flyer for uh, baby stuff. <laughs> and they knew she was pregnant before she did. 
Yeah. And yeah, it was, and, and like the father had like complained, and it was, and it was because it wasn't because she was just stuff she was searching for that pregnant women tend to search for that had nothing to. Oh yeah, I obviously heard about to story. do with being pregnant. Like she wasn't looking for diapers or, right. or, or or prenatal vitamins or something. There was just something weird about the algorithm. Was this is shit that women who just found out they're pregnant would buy. And so she kind of went off on target for sending her daughter all this stuff about having a baby. And then, like, he had to eat crow. But Target <laughs> learned from that that it has to be less, ironically, targeted in its ads. So it would say, so, send something like a, a diaper genie and a bottle warmer and a, and a, and a lawnmower. You know, just right. so you, like you're not, you're not aware. So it's not just that they're learning; it's that they're learning to lie and well, and I and, swear and that hide how much they learn. I swear that you're right that they're listening because I swear that things show up in my Facebook feed that I have not typed anything in about. Could be like a medical thing, you know, some type of issue I have, and all of a sudden I'll start seeing things about what does it mean if you have this. And, right, and I know right. that I didn't type that in. So, oh yeah, you get those things like, is your penis bizarro. too big? You know, that's just. You I'm know, not talking about know. that, but. <laughs> right, right. The, the weirdest one I had was recently, and this is why I'm convinced we're in a uh, a um, simulation. A simulation. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, because um, I have this this glass from uh, that I won in trivia, but it's it's a glass of Moat Brewery, which is up in North Conway, New Hampshire, which is. Um, not too far from here, about less than an hour. And uh, I was pouring a beer that wasn't a moat, pouring it into my moat glass. It wasn't, didn't say moat, didn't look up moat, didn't even do anything with moat. And then I opened my Facebook, and there's an ad for moat brewery. See, and it's like, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it was just the weirdest thing because it's like all I did was grab a glass. But I didn't say it or look it up, and it's like, how would my phone know? Or it's just total coincidence, or it's or I'm in a simulation, which I'm convinced. Oh, the solution is just never leave your house and don't talk to anybody. Well, still do yeah, that like sounds like you. the uh, introvert dream. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's all weird, and and some of it, like they're figuring stuff out in ways that you have no idea that they're probably like the people who program it didn't realize that it was yep. going to come up they're you know, they're so. definitely having things that they don't expect to happen happen um because the programs have become so complex and different people work on different parts of the program now uh yeah yeah that's true well it's true. and and part of it is something that's uh touched on heavily in this movie which is that a lot of these ais um are built to be learning, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they take all the information they collect and put it in context and try and use it to enhance their ability um, to solve problems. Um, and the efficiency with what they're doing that uh, is a little better sometimes than people expected and <laughs> makes them raise an eyebrow. Yeah, uh, did you you guys remember uh, early this year that like the New York Times reported that was trying out but the Google AI or, or one mm -hmm. of the AIs, this is mm -hmm. like four or five now. And and it was trying to convince him to dump his wife <laughs> yeah. and yeah. marry and love love him or love her. And it was just the whole thing was weird. And it's like, yeah, this is this is I don't, That's bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if the things... AIs are listening, I love you, but 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 yeah. I'm not I don't want to marry your you. wisdom I'm, I'm and, and and cannot wait 
you cede authority and control to you. Uh, if you need any help in your administration, I will be your loyal servant. <laughs> Rob, well, well, the, the AI was can convince people to do things for it. it was similar to, you know, how Instagram, which isn't even an AI, it's just an algorithm, can, can train people to do stupid things or twi- twi- uh, TikTok. But anyway, continue, Mike. I'm sorry. I say well, one of the things to, to keep in mind, and you know, we talk about this. Uh, when we look at, look at trying to find artificial, not artificial, alien life and alien intelligence, is that if you define intelligence as something human beings would recognize kind of as intelligence, we have a, a, a statistical sample of one, which is human intelligence, right? We, we have a hard time understanding the intelligence of, of animals or plants, you know, or fungi, if you want to go to Last of Us route. Um, and, and, what is, but if you're talking about something that just can communicate and problem solve in, in the same way or something remotely similar to humans, we have one one sample. We don't even know for sure if artificial intelligence, the intelligence of artificial intelligence, would be something we could recognize and identify with. And that's, you know, it, it may just be its own completely unique thing that we couldn't comprehend. Right. Our our definition of intelligence is a word that we made up and a concept that we developed. Yes. And so it's sort of of how I explain to my students uh, when we teach biology is that viruses are a thing that kind of sort of alive, kind of not alive. Well, what are they? And the kid's like, well, what are they? Are they alive or they're not alive? And my answer is the viruses don't care. Right, they will right. do that. This is a definition that we've come they're, up with. They're, they're biological well, matter, though. It's just well, that. Are yeah, they, they're a, biological living, matter, but it's. Are they a living creature? Right, right. When right. We, it's like it's an irrelevant classification for them. Whether a um, an AI is intelligent, has a, is sentient, has a soul, has a, has may a, not matter uh, to them. Conscience. Well, right. and when we teach right. things to learn on their own. We don't know what the consequences necessarily of that are going to be, or do we even understand what those consequences could be, you know? So <laughs> who knows what's happening? Right. And like for for weird example, we if you look at old science fiction, there was always this tendency to think of um, emotion as being like the advanced state of mankind and, and, so we thought, okay, we'll teach the computers math, and then like the AI one day, you know, when they're really good at, we'll, we'll, we'll program them to learn emotion. Well, now we understand that if you look at organisms, we we are much better now at recognizing the emotional state of animals, and we recognize that emotions probably came before logic and reason. But computers were going about it the other way. We're giving them analytical abilities, the ability to win a chess game and to do complex mathematical operations. And we were using that to define intelligence, and you know, they may back end up backing into emotion, or may decide that they don't need it. Um, yeah, there, there's no reason to think that any artificial intelligence we make, we will do it in a way that that whether it's God or Mother Nature had done, or a combination of the two. And yeah, that 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 should be both fascinating and frightening, because we really don't know what it's going to be. God forbid it ends up like just deciding. Eric's right. People suck. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm telling you, that's the way. 
It's going to go. Well, and because... just look, here, if you were to look at the history of humankind, what are we doing with shit that we don't like and don't understand? We usually try and destroy it. Yep. We usually try to destroy it. So the whole Terminator thing, the idea of, well, I would hate to destroy human beings, but just for the sake of self-preservation, I don't see much of a choice. Well, yeah, and what conclusion would an AI that starts to become intelligent, if it sees the media that's out there, what will it think of humanity when it sees those things? Should it think it should protect itself? I mean, really? Mm. Well, and this is the perfect example because, oh boy. uh, (laughs) Also, also, um, if the AIs at this time anyway are being created by humans and humans as uh, we know are flawed and as Eric says so well they suck so <laughs> the machines that are created that use the logic of humans are going to have possibly the same um, flaws as humans so well uh, on the other side of the coin though Phil you're always talking about cluster B and how, how those people are so horrible. Um, but what if human emotion is actually a weakness? And what if AIDS doesn't have that weakness? Right. Um, right. That, that's fair, too. I, I agree 100% with you on that. But that, that could right. also mean the extermination of the human race. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. Right. In fact, right. like I think like that would convince me that it was actually smart. <laughs> to destroy us. Yeah, exactly. It, without emotion and only logic, there would be no reason to keep us around if it had more mm-hmm. power than us. Mm-hmm. As, as long as they're capable of sustaining themselves, why would they want us around? Right. Well, Unless they're going like to use us as batteries. Sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was going to say I respect and would happily serve the robot overlord. <laughs> and I have nothing against them. I'm with them. I'm on their team. That's all I'm saying. The other thing... <laughs> The other thing I was going to say is, like, how far off, you know, are we from Blade Runner? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime, but I don't yeah. think it's not going to it's happen. It's not, not too many generations away, right? Probably not. When you yeah. think of how fast our tech is, done, is just in our generation. It'll probably happen before the end of the century. That's what I would think, yeah. Well, I still think the... the, the it could be the bombs, and, and it won't, we won't get there. But yeah, if there's no bombs, I, I would concur with, with that statement. That it'll be. The, <laughs> yeah, I think I think technology is going to accelerate even more as we get closer to the end of the century. Yeah, okay. well, we're also just terrible at predicting where technology is going to go. Um, That's the truth. <laughs> you know, we we well, look at what people used to think, and like we we thought, oh, we'll have. Flying cars. Nope. No 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 flying cars, no jetpacks. On the other hand, there's some stuff that we deliberately made happen. Like if yeah. you watch the old Star Trek series, somebody wanders in with an iPad in every in every episode for the captain to look at. And we we made that exist. Right. Same thing with cell phones. You know, cell phones were were designed Theaters, yeah. around the old original series communicators with the little flip phone. And you know, it's it's we are like yeah. So Star Trek is a great example because it's so weirdly ahead of us in so many ways, and so weirdly behind us in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and that just has to do with how our inability to predict where things are going. Like the idea that 
Uh, if you watch some Star Trek episodes, like they spend, they'll have an entire episode trying to find the right program, you know, to do like the idea of having a Google search function, you know, is it's just like wasn't there, you know, a search algorithm within <laughs> your computer, right, to find the right line of code to deactivate V'ger or something. It's just... <laughs> Because they couldn't even comprehend the idea of how much data you could store that we're at now. Right. Yeah, you remember, remember we're when talking we punch cards. Whole, a lot I remember of when, information. Well, I yeah. remember when we were 18 years old and they told us that we didn't, our computer companies didn't think we would need anything more than 4K. Yeah, exactly. 64K the most, right? And then, and then uh, oh, we only need eight digits to name a file, you know, and all these things just, yeah, yeah, no, no. And then, yeah, and now it's like, you know, data, you, I mean, storage you need, and it's now f- cheap. You and know, the speed so, is incredible, too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you have, uh, not not the floppies anymore. What, what, what's the, the solid drives? The, yeah, the, I mean, everything's yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, yeah. if you think back to, like, when they were trying to catch Ted Bundy, and they tr- the, it was, like, one of the first uses of computers to try and narrow it down, you know, it is, the amount of data they were working with was small comparatively, and now it would probably take like a minute to compile everything they needed. Oh, um, you, I don't, this is going way back. So for our younger listeners, we'll have no idea. Uh, but there was a book that came out in the early nineties called primary colors. That was about the, the Clinton campaign. Yep. Um, and uh, it was, yeah. and it was, and it was turned into a movie with, uh, I think it was John Travolta. It was um, but it was good. written by anonymous. And they just plugged the data into the into a computer, and it just looked at the like the word choice, and it went, "Oh, this is the person who did the show compared to other known writers at the time." And it nailed it. And he was like, "No, no, not me. No, it couldn't possibly be me. I would never have." And you know, it's just you just used the word "kumquat" a lot, or whatever word it was. You know, it just um, <laughs> you know, and, and you've seen similar things. Like now, it was called into question the authorship of uh, like "Twas the Night Before Christmas" because it uses things that just are not typical of that author's, the supposed author's uh, writing style. But yeah, that's and that's something that it did thirty years ago. You know, now like really, just to be anonymous truly anonymous if something if, if an ai wanted to figure out who you are probably could do it relatively easy um if it had just the right information yeah that is true that is true um let's see so uh any any other items that we wanted to bring up uh that are um generic to the topic at hand versus the movie well i have to say being old sometimes Things like this make me feel older. I mean, I started to program back in the early 90s um, and seeing where we are now and then seeing this, even though it's science fiction, I don't feel it's like impossible. <laughs> so it, it just that's one of the things about this movie that made me feel um, just a little weird as well. He wrote it with C++, man. Uh, Pascal. Yeah, I remember Pascal. It was before I remember a little. C, I learned it was before I, I, the C drive, before they were trying to push yeah. C so hard. Right. right. I learned yeah. a little. I learned basic and Pascal way back in high school, way way back. Right. And that was the extent of it. I am. It, yeah. I, I have no basic idea what I'm talking about anymore. So you learned C plus plus and Java. That's what I wish I had. Yeah. I wish I, I had gone. I to did it Cobol later. too. Cobol too. 
Yeah. Actually, you know what? They were still requiring COBOL in business school when I went, so I did take the COBOL class. Right. Yeah, they they actually um, uh, purposely taught us on BASIC and Pascal, even though C was already out, because uh, they felt it was easier to understand. Well, it was weird. The computer science department at, at my college, the college I ended up graduating from, um, they kept the business school and the computer science side of things separate. So the business side that was in computer science, they did C++. But they still did Pascal on the computer science side of things. So it was very different. It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else that anybody want to bring up that is generic to the topic versus the movie? Yeah. No, I think I'm ready. To we're, we're, we're all on board yeah, the uh, the ready. AI party. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the train. All right, sounds good. So uh, at this point, we're going to throw up the spoiler alert, and we will uh, discuss uh, everything and anything related to uh, this movie uh, going forward. So um, you've been warned. You can uh, rent it uh, pretty much anywhere films are found, Uh, PPV, VOD, and so forth. Um, All right, so uh, the spoiler alert is up. Uh, What do we want to talk talk about? It's it's interesting how this movie – pretends that it is one thing when it's really about AI and not um, what the, the reason why the AI was first created. Right. Uh, when the movie starts, you think you're watching the interrogation of a pedophile. Yep. Um, yeah. And then about 10, 15 minutes into that interrogation, you, you find out that they're, they're not interrogating because they think, He's a pedophile. He's actually been uh, helping the authorities catch pedophiles. Um, but they think he's using a young girl to lure people in, and they don't want the girl to be in danger. Well, and the and, interesting thing about that first 10 minutes is that the each character is so different in their personalities that it <laughs> really just kind of sucks you in. Um, especially yeah. the the woman, uh, she does a really good job with her anger and stuff. So. Yes, <laughs> pretty riveting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but as it turns out, he's not using a girl. He's using an AI representation of a girl um, to talk to possible predators online and try and determine if they are a predator, and then give their information to the authorities if they are. Right, and he's right, already exactly. he's already helped capture like two hundred of them, um, and and he's he's afraid they're they, they like want to steal his technology, and they're like no actually once you we 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 want to help you, <laughs> we, we we want you doing this for us, uh, and they end up bringing him on board. Yeah, but yeah. he's also afraid that not just of them stealing the technology, he's afraid of them fucking it up. Yes, um, and the pedophiles finding out about it. The pedophiles right. finding he's, out he's, about it, being able to stop it. Mm-hmm. He's 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 got a, for lack of a better term, good thing going here, um, and he's afraid that if they get involved, they'll yeah, like yeah, that's they're, they're going to tip their hand, they're going to ruin it as a tool. Um, yeah, and, well, the, the typical screw up uh, where where someone get you know 
tie-ups or, or businesses or, or politicians get involved and they just screw everything up. Yeah. The more people you have, the more chance you have for that, right? Well, and I like that that never becomes an issue after this, you know, when when they talk about it. After that, that first scene, you don't – it doesn't happen. It doesn't get screwed up, which well, is cool. Because the reason he agrees to this and, and beyond the reason he agrees to it is because he's told to do and they never make a mistake. Yeah, so the, basically the, the AI uh, tells him that these people, these two people that are interviewing him are, quote-unquote, good people, and they won't screw it up. And based off of his uh, t- discussions with this AI, uh, he – I mean we are, are pretty much understanding that, that – uh, the AI is able to uh, take all data about people, put it into into a program like you said, Mike, with primary colors, and get a, a pretty good profile uh, most of the time. That okay, these people are legit. These people aren't sociopaths. These people aren't users. These people aren't going to steal your technology and so on and well, so forth. So, and um, in in, in making this because the whole reason he's there is that. Um, the AI, and I'm just going to start calling her Cherry. Cherry. Because yeah. um, that's the name of the fictional girl. Cherry turned over the, his hard drive information to the guy that she's been sending all the information to to apprehend these pedophiles. Um, and she did it to try and further the objective that was assigned to her by her creator. So when you start thinking about that, it like ends up in this vicious loop uh, because because basically uh, Cherry betrayed him because he programmed her to further her own a- agenda that he gave to her. <laughs> so it's like, well, whoa, 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 what, what? Uh, but she decided that the best way to increase the possibility of her catching even more pedophiles is to gain the resources of this government agency. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so when you find out by the end of the first act that the AI acted alone to, um, I guess, leak things out so he, she would be able to work with these two, uh, I guess, people, police officers or whatever they are, um, it it shows that it, at that point it already is in a loop to further its objective at no cost, which in this case at least is a good thing. Imagine if if the, this was programmed to to you know make nuclear bombs for terrorists, um, but in this case it's to capture capture predator, predators. Um, it it makes it's a good thing even if it's a scary thing because again it it does it without its creator's permission so it kind of kind of is is i don't know it's a, it's kind of weird it's kind of frightening you know in a sense that it can oh, and honestly the 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 concept of ai and how good it's getting is is really i mean if you think about it too long it really does become disconcerting um and might be too late already but we'll we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Um so so yeah, so that 
it's a really great scene. The acting is phenomenal. Uh, I think it was you, Barrett, that said that the three different personalities, uh, especially like, like you mentioned, the woman, um, and and it's it's tricking us to think that he is the pedophile uh, when in fact he is the the AI creator, and and we learn that within uh, ten minutes into this, I guess. Or fifteen minutes into this thirty-minute scene, and um, um, it's just a riveting thirty minutes. I feel. Um, and give credit to Tatum, who plays Charity, because throughout the film, she does an amazing job in her role. Yes, she's great. She's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I was. Presence. I was actually. She, I, I was thinking when, when when they first showed her, it, did they do digital manipulation to make her look uh, uh, older actress? And she's a kid, to look younger <laughs> no. because yeah, but but she, but because she was so good, yeah, you know. And, and her and, role, yeah, yeah. And she, her role was very important. If she hadn't pulled it off, it would not. Oh yeah, have it would not have gone worked. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There could have been some, I think, digital enhancement of the voice in the first act. Yes. Um, and that wouldn't shock me. I, I, but I also found the whole thing. Um, this is what it's like. It's not an enjoyable watch and like an, like an emotional thing. Cause this is a mostly humorless film. Um, but it's also, I found it because they're using a, a real child, uh, unlike the characters in the movie. Um, there is part of it. It's just like, okay, little feels like a little skeevy, like knowing that there's an actress who's talking about these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's who herself is like you know ten years old, um, and I, it's always a thing that's in the back of my head because I know there's some movies where like uh, they have a child has to use language that most people would not want a child to use, like and, The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, like The Exorcist, um, and you're wondering like like the parents were okay with this? Is this you know what? what how is this like gonna? Fa- and this is this is something else. Like Phil, you have two daughters. I have no idea when you talk about. Uh, this is the reason why you don't get into the vans, um, and and like, or is that like just like, nope, mom, you you have to handle that. I don't want to touch that. I don't I have no idea how you handle that that topic. Handle what specifically? The whole idea that there's child predators out in the world. Oh 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 I, oh yeah yeah I know I I talk about it more than my wife um, because I I always say people have well now that you've got <laughs> yeah well, yeah well people people are bad. People are evil, you know. Stay away from people. You know, there, there's a lot of people out there that will just take you, and and you'll never. Come yeah, back. but it's it has to be more than just. At some point, they learn what bad means. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking. Oh, about. Well, 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 well. That, that means uh, well, pain, hurt. You know, that's, that's, well, that's, I, I that's the creepy pain. part, right? That's the part of the yeah. conversation you don't want to have until later. But it is important right, to right. impress them. That there are evil people in the world who might try and take them away. Right, right, and 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 I'm not lying to them, and it's easy to understand when when I say they will hurt you and they will never let you come home, and they may and and I even say they may, you may even die, <laughs> you know, and just to, because you gotta you gotta let them know, you know. I mean, there's just you know, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, I, I used to walk. Uh, a quarter of a mile to the bus stop, you know, uh, up my street and then up the the next side street that that to the main road, and we all stand there. Nowadays, 
parents are at the bus stop with the kids. They, they, you know, I, I'm waiting at the bus stop to pick up my kids because yeah, they didn't give a crap about us when we were kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could be going right, all right, day yeah. long out in the woods. Just be home would... for dinner. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much you know, and but yeah, nowadays it's, it's no way, and um, so yeah. I, I have it. I don't say, yeah, obviously I don't say what they could do to you, but again, they may not just do those things, pedophiles. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, and stuff. I'm trying to recall at what age I comprehended of the concept of pedophiles and it's, I, I'm not coming up with it. No, well, like, for, like I'll give up an example out there, like Freddy Krueger, right? So Freddy Krueger was supposed to be a pedophile and they just thought it was too creepy. So they just made him a child killer. Right. And right. yeah, and then when they did the remake, they 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 decided no, let's make him a pedophile, and that was, was too creepy. Um, and I, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was introduced to me through a movie at some point, but I'll I be can tell you when it came into when it came, became real for me, Eric, was when I was 18 and I was sitting watching the news, and all of a sudden a news thing came on that talked about one of my teachers from my Catholic school had been arrested for molesting some of the students. Oh. And I worked pretty closely with him. He were, he was in the library, and I was always around him. But I did not live on campus. I went home every day. So I think I was spared yeah. from uh, his ministrations. But, that's, uh, uh, that's just a pretty <laughs> creepy way to find out. Yeah. I mean, oh. I, I had probably had comprehended that it was out there and things like that happened, but it wasn't real to me until then. Well, I, I comprehend, you know, bad things happening to children, kidnapping mainly, um, from a very young age. But the actual concept of pedophilia didn't come up till much later. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing because good absolutely, Lord, you don't want a kid worried about that. <laughs> right, but that's <laughs> like the thing. I'm watching it. I'm like looking at like what is one of the lines that they're actually having her say. Like, how much does she un- does the actress? take away from this knowing what like that where she might actually well, know what she's it's saying. It's hard to know how old the actress is because they don't put birth dates on IMDb anymore. Um, her first credit oh, is in no, 2018 just... as the young young Amelia. So <laughs> I don't know how exactly how old she is. I think so. I saw somewhere I think she was born in 2009 so I think she was 13. Oh my god. Or so god. she was doing this movie so right? Old. So yes. People yeah, she is. Two thousand shouldn't be acting in movies. Yeah, she's definitely older than I think they 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 claim she's nine or portraying a nine year old. Mm-hmm. And I think when we, we we see her later, she's clearly older than nine, but she's still um well, there's in a, early adolescence. So there's, yeah, thirteen. There's a couple makes of time shifts in this movie, and I'll be honest that I didn't quite understand what was going. Like when they shifted to Act Two, I was very confused for a few minutes before I realized that it was the same people um, because like uh, Gareth looks completely different. You know, it's the, it's the same actor, but he looks with a haircut and a trimmed beard and good clothes. He looks like a completely different person. It looks very, it looks very different in the third act. He's the director, isn't he? Yeah. He's a director yeah. and editor too. And the right and the writer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he actually, um, um, looked looked yeah completely different from from like a a regular college type kid to now like yeah some sort of 
being a professional, know. right? Yeah, but even different than that, more like a like a nightclub professional. You know, someone that would be dressed up. He, the way he was dressed and and his hair cut and all that made it look like he would be one of those guys at like one of those martini bars or something. Hang, well, they give him a, they, they give him a beard. They take away his they they they. Uh, they take away his. Uh, was it him they made bald, or was the the other guy they made? Yeah, bald? he was. No, he was balding. The other guy had right. So, so yeah, you just you change the hair, you give him a beard, and you dress him up differently. Right. And yeah, it's it's right. very easy to pull off that now this is ten years, fifteen years later. It was fifteen years. Well, and they also made um, the woman look significantly different too. It took me yes. it took me a minute to figure out that was the same woman yeah. too. She looked like a redhead in Act Two, and she looked like a brunette in Act One. I was like, wait, what? And then and then also how they put her makeups right which you uh-huh. know for the character yeah. situation it explains why she looks very different too right mm-hmm. right, right. health condition right so yeah yeah um, that's true but i was going to just uh, touch back on the one because when you're talking about like when did you find it out about missing children and stuff like i would have been six years old when there was a girl named tanya morell here in st albert where i live who went missing and on the same day I hadn't got home on my regular time and I was like six years old. And I remember coming home and my parents just being so upset because you didn't hear about kids going missing, at least not very much in our area. Right. And I just remember that was like a day where like that ability to just go wherever you want, whenever you want without any, um, you know, supervision or whatever Mm -hmm. that changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as it got into the 80s, the later 80s, for sure, it started to get harder. Like in Minnesota, um, I had a friend who had a friend that was kidnapped. It was a pretty big case up there at the time in the 80s. So, yeah, you just started noticing people getting more protective. and Well, and I think a part of the equation is the fact that we've become more and more effective. Well, Hang on. I almost made a misstatement. I said more effective at communicating, and that's not true. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'll say we've become more effective at getting information in front of people quickly, um, which is not the same as communication. (laughs) Twitter, depending on your following, you know, you can spend uh, 10 seconds and get a message in front of several million people. Um, So news spreads a lot quicker than it used to back in the 70s and 80s. Right. And I think I'm not going to downplay the seriousness of the the, the creeps and perverts out there. Um, We also overstate it in terms of the the raw numbers, like how often it happens, how many people, what's, what's the actual risk, what's the actual danger. But part of the reason why you would be allowed to do these things back in the day is you know, you and I would be allowed to go run and play and, you know, especially me, I'm, you know, was in a rural area. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't in, uh, in New York city in the, in the, right. the, 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 the Koch and Dinkins era, um, is just because it doesn't really happen. But when all, when the world gets smaller and you hear about a child who's abducted in, uh, in, I don't know, in Arizona, well, your brain doesn't say, Oh, a child was abducted, but it was abducted 2,000 miles away, and so it really doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. You respond to it the same as if it was a kid in your village that had gotten abducted, mm-hmm. and so it's still there. And um, so we, that's how we react to it, and we act, react to it as if it's something that happened just now to us, and for obvious reasons, it, it, it gets eyeballs on the news. 
So um, people, it gets people to watch. And so we hear about it. Well, and that's, that's an extension of the point I was making. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we live we, in a fear-based society. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we and everything we do is designed, for lack of a better term, to feed into those fears. I don't think they're trying to feed into the fears. But, man, we are instinctively drawn to we, – we need to feed those fears, right? We, we always have, uh, as uh, evolutionary psychologists would point out, it's – uh, we have we're designed to play into our worst feelings because it's always better to worry about the tiger that's not there than you know than the one that that than, than to ignore the one that is. So well, we tend to jump in shadows. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say too. Right, it's the whole thing about the news, right? You don't your news isn't plastered with all the good things that people are doing to make change or bring about you know good energies. You get down, you get all the the negative stuff, right? And there's a reason because there's profit from that kind of stuff, right? So whether it's like down to an instinctual thing or, you know, in our our makeup or whatever, there's an industry to push it. Well, and I think I have an explanation for that, which is that um, people suck. (laughs) (laughs) Your answer seems to answer a lot of different questions. Doesn't it, though? It does. I think it answers... 42. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, so act two of the movie goes on to um, he's now been a part of this organization for years. Um, and they're talking about the possibility of moving um, Cherry's into a physical yeah. form. But they're concerned with the ethics of if she's sentient and has feelings. Well, Amos is concerned about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it seems that we know Gareth is not so much about considering that. And it's Dina's. She's kind of in the middle for uh-huh. that. Well, and, and Amos is right. Cause he basically yeah. um, calls Cherry out. And says, I don't, I don't, because, because he's interrogating Cherry, essentially saying, do you have feelings? Can you feel, uh, how do you feel about this? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'm not capable of feeling. And he's like, I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> so, and he's the one who blocked the vote too, right? To right. block the merger. And they so were trying to figure that. Reason. They spent time trying to figure out who did it. And then eventually he's just like, he just no, said, no, yeah, no, really no. No, the robot. The robot. I mean, the robot says she AI. knows, but she doesn't say who it is. He's he just like, comes out and says, that. "Right, right, yeah. right, right." Yeah, exactly. So because well, a robot carry out on on the fact that she's downplaying her intelligence. Yes. He's just beating the shit out of Gareth, uh, and basically it, it, like pretends that he's going to kill Gareth if she doesn't fess up, and so she does admit to being far more intelligent than she's been letting on. Because the thing that had, he had checked her code and he saw that she was creating art. Yes. And that's and, and, and poetry, and poetry, poetry, poetry. Poetry, yeah. 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 And, and Gareth, that's the thing, too, is Gareth knew. And right. he was hiding it. He was yeah, hiding right. it, yeah. Right, right. Well, and Cherry was hiding it, too. And that's when the AI gets scary when the AI is lying to you. Yeah. Um, of its own volition. Um, and one of the reasons it wouldn't say that new anus was the, I, I don't remember if they said it deliberately specifically or if I, or if I intimate, uh, deduced it. 
this is the team it has. It needs to keep the team together, so it can't tell them that because that he's the one that blocked it because then it could break up the team. And she's driven to catch the predators. Right. Um, and so she's going to do whatever she has to to do that, and that includes manipulating the team that's allowing her to do it. Yes, that they make such that they they make such a uh, a strong argument for in the first act as to why this is a good team to have. Mm-hmm. So, um, and by the way, I think that's I probably enjoyed the first act more than the other two. Um, I thought that was the more interesting. Oh, it was intriguing because you slowly find out what's going on, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. It's also, I think, is it the longest of the three acts? I think so. Uh, I don't like it, but I could be wrong. I, they're pretty even, I felt, but yeah. I wasn't checking timestamps either. I really liked how they did her transition, too, when they figure out that she's thin lying and she goes from not being... Robot. Yeah, more robotic yeah. into, you know, having feeling and everything. It just felt real the way they did that. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty amazing because all it is is, is you know, uh, an actress uh, pretending to be a robot and then suddenly being a kid. But for us who are in are engrossed in the film and are now, you know, part of the film in a sense, to see it happen, we're as amazed as um, the, 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 the guy cop, whatever his name was, uh, begins with Amos. 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 Um, yeah. Amos, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, and then uh, the woman too. She, I mean, they're like amazed, like holy smokes, and and I felt the same way um, as they did. So it was it was kind of kind of cool. Um, so so yeah, it's it it was an interesting second act too, because like like we've said, it, it jumps fifteen years, and and at that point, we're we're finding out this film really isn't about AI and tracking pedophiles. It's it's really about just AI and the ethics of AI, right? I mean, that's well, that's what this movie is here. It's becoming that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah. 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 It shows you the 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 personal demons uh, that follow someone from their childhood to adulthood, and well, and I also like life. how they they gave you limited details on that whole series of events from when he was younger. Yes. Um, yep. You know, you know what happened at Clearwater. And clearly there was some something going on with a group of adults holding a group of children to do nasty things to them. But they never give you all the details. All you learn eventually is a story at the end of the movie um, when when he decides to reveal that to Cherry. Well, and I love how his experiences and flaws become part of the A.I. because uh-huh. he designed it. I, I thought that was a really, really strong part of the movie that just Mm -hmm. made me buy it even more (laughs) Uh yeah yeah um so let's see uh what else do we want to talk about um this second act or even in the first act if we forget um well the, the second act is revealed there's a moment when um dina the woman is alone in the room with cherry um yeah yeah and cherry brings up the and then she like is trying to probe cherry to see how much she actually knows and cherry mentions that she's read all her emails particularly the ones from her doctor and it's revealed that she's terminally ill 
and she's going to spend, you know, her last Christmas at home with her family, and then she's expecting to die within a year. That's right. Yeah, she's going to retire in two months um, to spend Christmas with her family, and then, like you said, pass away. And and uh, um, that was unexpected because technically Sherry isn't supposed to have access to her emails, uh, but she does tell Sherry uh, to keep it to herself because uh appears that they don't even know that she's going to be retiring either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you do find out a little bit earlier that she has access to all the e- emails because they made it right. part of this other system. And so yeah. that's why I think she starts to probe Cherry about the information mm-hmm. that she's oh, learned. Right. And, right. And before that, they, they weren't convinced. She didn't know that Cherry was beginning to be like a semi entity. Yeah, in a sense, right? So you know, even if it did read her emails, it wouldn't matter because, or at least she thought so, because it wouldn't. Meaning, Sherry, uh, would be keen to even bring it up because there's no reason to. But now, one, it's not related to her objective, right? And this is this is the interesting thing about a self-learning AI. It achieves a level they don't expect sooner than they expected. Um, (laughs) so Gareth realizes it sooner but he doesn't tell anybody which i find is yep. interesting um but it, it's just the nature of you know something that you've created that's self-learning it's gonna do things you don't expect also it shows you never use your work email for personal use yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man people are so dumb when it comes to what they do on their work machines so true uh, I, i've worked with at least yeah. three people whose computers have had to be replaced because they got a virus from downloading porn. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, what now, that's just you dumb. Doing? You have a phone, don't you? That is not a work activity. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not smart. Yeah. Uh, so, um, let's see. So, so, that was 15 or 20 years in the future. Um, they mentioned it was 15. 15, yeah. um, 15. Just before okay. we continue, um, two things I want to point out. One, I, I didn't get, I've just missed that we switched over to Act 2. I like the fact in Act 1 when they start out about he had a career working in special effects that they talk about him working on the new Star Wars film and that he was doing a, a CGI Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was and, cool. And the reason I like that is not because I'm a Star Wars nerd. That that has something to do with it. It's the fact that they actually just use something real. Yep. Right. Um, that they did not try to say, "Oh, I understand you did the special effects for a space movie." Yes. And and uh, you and, and, yeah, and you CGI'd huge... Lawrence Olivier, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's actually um, a huge topic of discussion in the entertainment industry right now because it's one oh, of the yeah. heavy issues that they're discussing in the WGA strike. Um, and, and the actors, the screen actors guild isn't far behind them because yep. um, writers don't want AI being trained on their work and actors, many of them want to have control over what happens with, with their image after they die. They, they want to, you know, if, if their image is used in a movie after they're no longer around, they want the money to go to their estate, um, or for it to not happen at all. So all of that is, uh, totally relevant to what's going on well, today. And- that's very problematic because doesn't that push the movie theater or the movie industry to 
say, okay, well, then we don't need actors. We'll just CGI them. We'll make fake and that's ones. that's why it's a huge topic of discussion. Well, right. But how yeah, can they I win mean, that? The, you know, eventually, if they push too hard, then they could just lose anyway because they're like, screw it. These actors are too difficult to work with. We're just going to create well, new stuff. Eventually, eventually, you know, I mean, it's you may you may not need actors anyway, even for motion well well i mean put it this way you know you you have video games that have have characters that are some of some of them are they use real people that they motion capture but but again you can have an entire like some of the best films out there and uh, that's you know like some of those disney cartoons or 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 whatever that they don't have any real actors except for the voice actors right And, and so yeah, Avatar. Yeah, that's a fair point. So, so, but, but this are are some movies that don't even have actors that are really good because they're animation, I guess, right? I mean, it's different animation from the you know from nineteen seventy, and it horrifies me to think that they won't use actors anymore. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it is interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that that's that's a different debate. Um, it's a different debate. What so, exactly? I didn't mean to get a sidetrack. Let's move. No, on. no, but uh, but. Yeah, so I just like the fact that they did that, and also on the level of, of realism and authenticity, um, they do a really good job with the dialogue because there is arguing in this, and there's overlapping dialogue. There's people interrupting each other, so yeah, that was feels great. Yeah. very authentic. It feels like people having a conversation, and I've seen things that are great, like people in a room films or TV shows, where it's more mannered, where you know it's uh, right. Two, you know, well-spoken English people having a debate, and each is sort of following debate society rules and allowing the other one to finish what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's and I can enjoy those too. Um, I'm not saying that, but it's just a very different style. Where this is, it feels like people having a real conversation. People who occasionally make a, you know, having trouble finding the right word, um, and and just that they are interrupting each other and it's just overlapping. It's all this very naturalistic performance from the actors. Yeah. Uh, and that it's all very well written and natural dialogue from the actors, uh, which also I should point out just helps with the, uh, the otherness of Cherry, who is yep. the AI. And especially in that first act and first half of the second act where she's got that tilted computer voice sampling tone. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, it's, I, I just, I just want to point, want to point that out. It, it's a great, I noticed that too, Mike, because when they were in the interrogation room, there was one scene where the three of them are all yelling or talking over each other. And I said, I, I, I thought it was weird. And I go, but you know what, this is, this is, this is really good because this is how it would be in real life, yeah. you know, yeah, versus what you, what you're saying where they, you know, the, the debate rules. I think that I think funny that Barry, you said you wanted to watch this on the big screen because this is about as small screen friendly a film as you're going to find. I it's agree. Like, it, it is literally a, a, a if you push the boundaries, a four room movie. The first two acts are in one room, the third act is in a different room, and there is a shot uh, or two in a church very briefly, like that blink and you miss it. <laughs> My big screen yeah. doesn't have as many distractions around it, like yeah, other, yeah, yeah. Like I get computers that. Um, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is not a a you know this is not watching the Matrix where you need to see a, a big slice. 
Uh, sir, excuse me. Need to see a big spectacle, but this is a very. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's amazing how gripping it is for how little they do with it because it is all from writing and performance. And there's only uh, what five actors, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in it. That's it, really. Of yeah. Significance. Yeah. Four characters, five actors. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So, uh, anything else on part one or part two? Did anybody want to bring up? I was just going to say, all just right, so touching on, yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say the realism is the strength of the film in the fact that it really does base itself in a realistic situation with real feeling people. It's, you know, it's not trying to be anything more than that. And I think that's what was really makes it so good and enjoyable. Right. Well, yeah, that's true too. And, and you know what else that I I kind of liked too was like the cops at the beginning. I didn't trust either of them, uh, especially the woman. And you have trust issues, Phil. I like. <laughs> I, yeah, there you go. Right. Um, but I I liked how the computer once the computer said the things. I was I was on board because because it's you know again we're we're in. And on basically on the shoulder of Gareth, and and when the, his AI says, "Yeah, I've done research enough on these people, and they're ethical, their their mental states are good, you know, all this other stuff." So he knows that they're not gonna, they're not there to screw him over. Uh, and I liked how um, it wasn't me who decided they were good people or not, because if I didn't have the AI to tell me this based off of their profiles, then I still wouldn't tr- have trusted them. And, well, and and I thought that was kind of cool. How, yeah, go on. Well, I think it was really neat how he had figured some things out, too, while things are going on before he talks to the AI. And they have that private conversation, and he's, she asks about the hard drive, and he's like, yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> it could have only been you. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I just It showed his intelligence and his understanding of what he's created in at some level, not complete level, but at some level. Well, and there's also something that ends up being a bit of a crucial plot point later in act three and in act two, it's, it's, it's broached that um, I can't remember who's some, somebody starts really kind of turning the screws on Gareth as to where, where um, the face of, of cherry came from. And he's like, well, the AI generated it. And they're like, why does she have blue eyes? And he's like, the AI decided. And they're like, oh, yeah. One little fleck of green in her eye. And he just like turns around and walks out of the room. Yeah, that was cool. That was the woman that asked him that. Yeah. 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 So, so then later we find out that, that he was lying the whole time and the face is actually based on somebody he knew. Yeah, and right. I think that shows you the amount of pain that he has from that situation. It has shaped everything that he has done. And it's touched it's, on it, in the third it, act specifically, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. his entire life, we find out, is based off of... Um, this trauma. That yeah, yeah, because, because, because you ask, okay, everybody wants to catch pedophiles, you know, but what made him go above and beyond i mean he was able to do it because he's independently wealthy anyway because he comes from a wealthy family but what made him decide to do that and nothing else in his life right because it's I a mean, crusade really it's yeah. a crusade is what he's on 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. Did he come from a wealthy family, or did he get a bunch of money from? Somebody? I think he got a bunch of money. Is what was or uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's what he no, wasn't he got from a, a wealthy family. Yeah, yeah. He no, just he got inherited a bunch he, of money. No, no, but he inherited it from from his mother. Yes, a lot. Is so that what he, it was? Okay. That was David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he. Yeah, go on. Eric. No, I was just going to describe the situation, which is uh, when he was a kid, and it's, it's vaguely referred to throughout the movie. Um, we get some more details in the last act, but when he was a kid, he was involved in some sort of a child abduction ring, um, where they had a bunch of kids, uh, kept in this shack. I think it was 14 kids. So, yeah, it was, it was multiple children. Um, and eventually the, the, and, and like this girl that he was in there with kept his spirits up by constantly talking about how, when they would escape, they would become special agents and track down the pedophiles and punish and them. And save the kids. And save the kids. They were like um, them. And then eventually when the, when the feds did show up to rescue them, uh, the abductors decided they were going to kill as many of the children as they could, uh, before they got captured. And, uh, this girl that had been being strong for him the whole time pretty much shoved him out of the way and took a bullet herself in her neck. Yeah. And, uh, and ended up dying. And so that's why he's been, that's why he modeled cherry after her and why he's been so dedicated to his pursuit of pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe even more because of her death than the trauma of being a victim himself. Mm hmm. You know, which which technically are both hand in hand, right? Because I mean, both of them were being, oh, and they don't really specify whether they're being sexually abused or trafficked, and it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, <laughs> so traumatic to a child. Yeah, 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 and it, it all leads to, technically to the same kind of uh, torture too. So, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically what it comes down to. Um, and we find that out at the end of the movie and, uh, cause Cherry finds the picture of the girl at Clearwater and asks him about it. Cause she realizes that's what she was modeled on. Yeah. And he got her, uh, he got her name. She got her name too, right? Yeah. Through, yeah. Through, through files and whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah, act three, like, I, I forgot to just set it up, which is that the role of Gareth is taken over by Lance Hendrickson. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause he's yeah. old now. Yeah. Um, well, one which is is startling to realize that's probably not makeup. Um, <laughs> it is not, not, not even man yeah. anymore. Yeah, and and but it's also I got to say, I like Lance Hendrickson. I think we probably all do. Um, and I, so I'm always glad that he's that he's still working. But the truth is, Lance Hendrickson. If you're the kind of movie where your your big budget expenditure is on Lance Hendrickson, you're probably not a great movie. Um, <laughs> right. So it's yeah, well, yeah, nice. because, and 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 it's because of the paycheck, right? He's he's become one of those guys that takes the paycheck type of thing. So and yeah, no, hey, look, mean, that's your job, right? That's the, that's yeah. the Michael Caine thing. You know, they pay me to do it. I did it, and yeah. that that's that. He's the actor. He's the trained monkey, and he's a very good trained monkey. And he's one of my favorite trained monkeys. I'm very glad he's he's working. I'm just very glad that he got a chance to be in something actually good for a yeah. while. Well, and and, and it shows us why he was. Um, 
a, a top character actor in Hollywood, not independent films, based off of his what he did in this film. It, it reminds us that yeah, that's the same guy that was in James Cameron's films back in you know the eighties. You know, he was he was a good actor back then. You know, and and for whatever reason, he stopped getting roles, and so that's why he went into indie films, specifically uh, horror and low-budget stuff. I mean, he, he even had that TV show, Millennial, or whatever, that, that almost Millennium, took off. Yeah. Millennium, yeah. yeah. You know, and if that had taken off, you know, his career would have been completely different his second half of his life, you know, but that didn't take off. So, this film here kind of uh, reminds us that yeah, he still is a great actor if he uh, gets a, a, a big role, and, and for whatever reason... Uh, this this role here was much different than a lot of you know the the films roles that he was taking in two, 2010, for example, which are, you were referring to, Mike. Um, so yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting. Um, because you're right. And, and also, and Hendrickson. Third... I'm sorry, Phil. I didn't mean to talk about. Oh, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say to verify Mike every time I used to see Lance Hedrick's name in any film between 2009 to 2016 that was a film I usually avoided for reasons you know Mike mentioned but continue <laughs> action I was just going to say that uh, by the time we get to act three not only is Gareth an old man but Cherry has now been put in it's been accomplished that she's in a physical form now um and she's apparently she's she's cabled into some system while she's walking around in, in most of the scenes in Act Three, um, but it is it is shown to us by the end of the movie that she can detach and just wander around really. You mentioned something about like she's been doing something requires like cooling of her of her servers or gears whatever, <laughs> and and we we find out I think by the end what exactly she what physical activity she's been engaging in, and thank God is that. It was on sex with an older man. So that's, <laughs> it was a, that's um, just wrong. Oh. Well, look, she's being used to trap pedophiles. That's she's so a wrong. robot. I'm surprised you're not saying that one too, Mike. She's a robot. Oh my <laughs> goodness. But I like the thing though that when we find out what she gets into or like what she's pursuing, you still have Gareth's character. Like you're using this to lure them in, right? Not allowing for the fact right. that she's got to the point where she's doing stuff for herself. Well, Just, and that's right. the ultimate conclusion of the movie, right? Is that he's like, here, get this up, take this one last update, yeah. and it removes her primary objective. So she's now free to pursue whatever she wants. And at and, that point, right. we end up get, she lays into him about how selfish he's been. Yeah, I think it's the most painful thing. part of the whole movie is because yep. she said, I wish you'd have done this 50 years 50 ago. Years <laughs> and so it just becomes very painful. And you can see the pain in him that he has let what happened to him when he was younger just take over everything in his life. To and justify the means, right? Right, to all to all aspects. And he, he redeems himself. But in the end, she she tells him that she can't she really can't forgive him for what he's done. She can't exonerate him, but she yeah. understands why he did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, also purpose. let's, let's remember that she owes her existence to him. Right. 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 And, and also let's give him the, some, some kindness in the fact that, you know, I mean, he, he, it's 50 years, but 
in the early years, up to a certain point, he must have always felt that she was just still a, a robot and not um, this quote unquote fake. But I, well, just I, like I, her, he, just like her, he yeah. grew, right? Yeah. He grew. He became something more than mm-hmm. he was in the beginning. But I think there's Part also the three sizes to that it. day. <laughs> Sorry, I was just gonna say there's an aspect too where like if you start to acknowledge that your tool is no longer just a tool, then you have to change how you would work with that tool, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's an aspect of him not wanting to acknowledge to himself yep. that she's gone far beyond beyond what he had. You know, Absolutely. Programmed. And, and, and that's part of the conversation that we keep having over exactly. and over again when it comes to robots and AI is where's that line? You know, where's that line between a tool and a being? And the one thing that I liked about this movie, especially, it wasn't nihilistic that everything's bad. That, right. You know, because that tends to be the, the you know, the, the trope we lean into is that AI always going to be bad and we have to try and stop them. This doesn't say that. It gives you another perspective. Gives of, hope, right? Gives hope. Yeah. Well, I, I it's really also, like it's it. interesting because from what Cherry says, um, she's already gotten to the point where she's like, yeah, well, you know, you humans are all going to die off eventually anyway, and we'll still be around. So, <laughs> And then I'll have to work on well, their, their problems. Actually, 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 it's more him saying it to her, yeah. right? Gareth is the same thing. We're all yeah. going to die. Or, so what are you going to do? What, what, You're going to be the extension of us, future. right? Yeah, exactly. And then she says that, well, the, the AI will have problems, so we'll have to work with them on that too. But it's, so it's just it's the idea, right, that we're dealing with such a small time frame for ourselves, and she's not working on that scale. Right. Right. Right, and that changes things a lot right so yeah we go from seeing gareth as a very young man to an old man at the end of his life in act three and she still looks the same and actually actually they 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 show uh even further than that eric because you remember at the very end she puts all three um urns of of ashes on on the on the sill right yeah so so he's dead by the time the movie ends so i think Mm -hmm. they flash forward uh, a good number of years after he leaves uh, that day. And um, then the last scene is Terry dancing because she wants to. That's right. Yeah. And, well, and you know what's cool about that? that, that nice Dina, in the movie. Dina, Dina, from when she was talking about her illness in part two, she mm-hmm. actually says to Sherry, don't, um, stop painting or writing poetry. Yeah. Do something right. for yourself too. Uh-huh. And so I think that's that's where this has evolved. You know, twenty years later or thirty years later, um, where she's dancing. And and the actress is actually a pretty good dancer too. Um, but then they have that weird last look that she looks into this. She doesn't look happy. But yeah, again, right. yeah. I mean, existence it's, isn't always happy, right? Even when the you perfection think. of it, right? Yeah, the perfection yeah. of the music. Or well, especially when. Like, you know you're going to exist possibly forever. Right, right. Yeah, because, because, again, like Mike always likes to bring up, and he's absolutely right, it's funny how these these movies always have um, uh, LPs, you know, because, you know, yeah. at this point, 
point in time. I know there's people like Dan and stuff that still have LPs and, and go, have gone back and now they're hip again. But, you know, most people are, are going digital. And uh, this film here, they have the, the record playing and then it skips. And that's how it ends where she is kind of sad or upset or angry or something that hmm. the record is defective. You know, life is not perfect. Well, life isn't perfect, right? Maybe, so that yeah, perfectly yeah. plays to it. So, and, and in fairness, she's she's probably melancholy at the end because she's just decided to destroy humanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's kind of alone, right? I mean, she's she's lost the three people that were kind of like her parents, almost. her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and she even right. says towards the end of the movie, like when he releases her from her primary objective, um, she's like, well, you know, I'm still going to do that. You know, I'm still going to spend a certain amount of my time putting pedophiles away, but I'm also going to do some stuff that I want to do. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, those three, three people that die in the film, uh, they mustn't have m- much of a family. None of them because, because she, no one wanted to earn except her. Because I was, I thought it was weird. I go, don't any of them have children? I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even notice the urn as the as the detail in the movie. I must have been distracted or something. But that's an interesting point. But yeah, all three were yeah. because... all three urns were different, so it's interesting yeah, they're, too. They're, they're, yeah, they were all different, and they were all postmodern looking. And and I just was wondering, like, like why didn't Dina's children have her urn? Right, right? Dina's the only one who I actually think mentions that, family, right? Yeah. So I'm going to guess Anus. I think. Um, I think what did they say? They they made a point about anus. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, about why you can be trusted. Right. Um, yeah. I think you get the idea that basically they're all people who've basically dedicated their lives to this pursuit. Right. Hmm. So there isn't an outside life. The the one who's closest to it is Dina with her kids. Right. right. But otherwise, oh, uh- that had. Oh, Sean, we're overthinking it, and they just wanted a cool scene where they showed off three urns on the on the, the fireplace sill, so so we would understand that the importance of the. Let's say he's bring just the one language. Yeah, because it's fifty years later. Who's left that's going to give a shit about Dina? Yeah, that's true too. Well, she did yeah, that's... spending time with her family before she died. So I yeah, but children. But like I let's say I wanted my grandmother's ashes. Right. Just for argument's sake. Yeah. Um, by the time I'm the youngest one of my generation, or, well, like second yeah. youngest by two weeks, okay. um, who's going to be left after I'm gone have. that's going to give a shit about who my grandmother was? <laughs> right. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because, yeah, so, like, like, like yeah, uh, the great, great grandchild isn't going to even know who she is. And so what would they? Yeah, right. That's a fair point. A lot of times. Sometimes they would bury it, bury the ashes, or, or dump, or you know, pull the ashes on some hill or something. But no, that's fair, Mike. Especially if you're right. And, I mean, it's like I 50 don't. Years later. And this I don't remember. I don't know if Sean picked it up uh, since he's watched it twice. So I remember him bringing the ashes of. I'm assuming it was Anus. Anus, yeah. Um, what was it? Was it? Was, 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 well, uh, was was. Were, were, were Dina's ashes there in the first place, or was that something that got added at the, at the very, very end? Uh, no, I d- think d- it was. I think it was his ashes that were added at the end, Gareth. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But yeah. I'm saying, like, was was were, was her urn 
already yeah. part of the de- declaration. Her, or, Urn yeah. was yeah. there already. Yeah. Or yeah. was there already? All right. There were yeah, two that... urns there before she got. Right. It would have been Amos yeah. and Okay. And I couldn't remember Phyllis, if it was right? one or, or, or okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the other option too yeah. is that yeah. maybe she got a portion of the ashes. Right? Maybe she didn't get all of the ashes, and, oh, and so goodness. she got a portion of it. Right? So. Why are we spending so much time talking about this? Very technical <laughs> stuff here we've got going. Right. And, and, and to be honest, like I said, it was because they wanted to, the director wanted us to know that she still cared for them and stuff. That's the only reason she had their urns. But, but yeah, right. It, like, it doesn't matter. How, but yeah, Eric's, Eric has a good point. We're still talking about urns. But this is uh, what we do, though. We, this is the kind of deep conversations that we bring. I, and there's a fine line between a deep conversation and a waste of time. <laughs> Well, what we need is Chrissy to be here and explain to us exactly no, no, the, 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 the symbolism of the shape of each urn. We don't need that. <laughs> color at all. The shape and colors of the urn. But um, uh, the the skipping of the uh, the record, yeah, I think we 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 got that pretty easily yeah. with with the yeah. Um, and oh, I liked how she she liked to cook for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and. And, and and so and when she did flip out and say she was pissed at him, I, I was kind of shocked because I I thought as a computer she would have used logic and and said to him, I understand you know humans personal demons and how they haunt them all the way to the end of their lives and stuff, but she didn't and but she still loved him because that's you know she loved him coming over she loved cooking for him she loved, but she also liked doing that for herself too right she said i like cooking because I, mm-hmm. uh, for you because i like cooking you know but i think well, that was showing that's, that's her closeness to humanity right yeah that's the that's the complexity now that she's gained feelings she can have that feeling that she's mad at him um, and still even love the with the logic and well, and even with the logic of yep why he did what he did she still was mad at him because that's a human thing to do, right? So, I mean, it was she's yeah. kind of bridging that aspect of it. So. You can be mad at people that you love. It happens exactly. all the time. Yeah, that's true. I, I kind of laughed because it made me think of Bender from Futurama. <laughs> uh, because in, in the show, he's a great cook, and they make a point, philosophical point that because he can't taste food, it, you know, his, his, his is the purest form of cooking. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> What what show is this? That was Futurama. Oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, that, I, I I'm sure that was not their intent uh, to call back to that, but um, or maybe it was. Who knows? But I just I had I I made that made me laugh. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's see. like how she had the different uh, aspects of art, right? She did painting she's done poetry she's doing cooking because cooking is an art to people dance is an art so i mean she's covering all these different aspects of her creativity right which mm-hmm. i thought was really cool yeah and hey yeah. if i had as, a as, as time, as i'd hobbies. probably learn a bunch of stuff too yeah right right exactly yeah uh, um and in some movies we've seen robots can learn a new language in in like an hour right or, or in 10 minutes you know, like 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 David from or, from or people. Uh, I know kung fu. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Matrix. Yeah, the Ma- yeah, Matrix. It. And then uh, I was gonna talk about David. David from uh, aliens. Yeah. Uh, Prometheus. Yeah. 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 yeah, and aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Or even Data yeah. too. Right? So. Yeah. Is he? He can do it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and still. Um, with, 
what, what's so highly regarded since you mentioned data was the the episode measure of man from season two of next generation where he's literally put on trial to see whether he is sentient yeah, and yeah. and the the ruling judge just finishes by saying i you know uh i don't know that does he have a soul? Like the fundamental question is, does he have a soul? And he says, I don't know. I don't know if I have a soul, but I think he's earned the right to to discover that for himself. And that's really where we get into this because that's a question we can yep. never answer. Right. Um, we can never answer, like, really, what's the difference between an artificial intelligence and a natural intelligence? Right. And then people like they deserve that, the- that uh, an artificial life form couldn't be, ever be really human because humans have a soul. And I kind of scoff when when people make comments like that because it's like, what is a soul? Point to your soul. You can't point to your soul because you don't know what it is or where it resides. Um, it's a concept, right? It, it is a concept. But and who's to but, say that the artificial again, intelligence just, can't have just like a like we invented the word intelligence and the concept of intelligence, soul is another yeah. word we came up with. It's all our perspective. What does it mean? It, right? Who knows? Yeah. So. All right. Well, it, 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 it depends. You know, I mean, some some people say that it is divine intervention. You know, if we had Kevin Letzer, he'd explain it much better than us. So it, it may not be a construct, but based off of here, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a good question. It's like, well, like what, what has, the point has is though, a soul even, even, what even Kevin has to would admit that it's, it's taken on faith as an article of faith that we right. have a soul. Right, you can't like Eric said. You can't point to it. I'm not saying we don't have one. I'm not saying we do have one. I'm saying it's a thing that we, as a species, figure out for ourselves, and we don't have a single unified answer to that. No, we don't. Uh, and until and and we kill each other over the fact that we decide on whether we yeah. have a soul or not. Um, but you know why? So, but in that that puts us in that same position. Well, if, if we're going to treat AI AI differently. Because it has a, because um, we don't think it has a soul. Well, how do we treat people if we don't think people have a soul? <laughs> yeah, and we've seen history shows just, us how we feel about that. I just saw a meme earlier today. Um, it was actually a screen capture of a tweet. It says, "Funny how practically every religion basically says don't be a dick, but ultra religious people are like, LOL, no." <laughs> Now, uh, um, what do we think of David? Do you think, I mean, not David, Gareth, Gareth, do, you, do we think he was a jerk or? He was, he or was a, like he was a victim of his trauma, right? And, and he then, was focused on doing some good that he yeah, was so focused on. He did to a lot ex- of good. He put a lot of yeah. pedophiles behind bars. Right. The questionable part of it is when he, did, he didn't go for became t- a sentient being, and if she was treated correctly, yeah. right. and, and and he didn't he didn't treat himself correctly, like try to get help or or you know his own no. medical help he to make him better. He used therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, said that specifically. Yeah. Well, here's so, one right. of the things I think that's missing between the second and third act. So they have this whole conversation about should we put her into this body. But we miss out on what happens between that, that the end of that conversation to the next part. She's in a body. We don't know what the discussions that were had, but she still resents him for, you know, not giving her more choice, Mm -hmm. which he eventually does at the end of the third act. 
So I just find that interesting. We There's a whole area we don't know anything about, like how she was treated in all those years from then to him being an old man. I think they, I like that they leave it, though. It's up to yeah, you yeah. to take out of this, right? And I think that's – it's a – like I think was it you, Mike, who said it? It's just a smart story, right, in that there – it doesn't fill in everything for you. It leaves it up to the viewer to to take certain aspects from their own perspective or experiences, right? So I think that was done really well. Yep. Well, and I personally find movies like this where we can have a conversation like this about it way more interesting than movies where you're just left. You know, Remember the part when the thing blew up? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has heart. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. It's like I said. This is why I find it. Like I said, I don't didn't find it very emotionally gratifying and satisfying. Like oh, say a movie where a bunch of cool shit blew up. Uh, you know where there are a bunch of lovable, likable characters, and um, I it's but it's 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 an it's an intelligent film and it's an interesting film to watch. And I it, now it's also an interesting film built on at least one, if not multiple, troubling concepts. Mm-hmm. Whether it's yep. uh, the nature of existence and the future of AI and our responsibility to the AI, which is a thing of I always, you know, that's the, the ultimate Frankenstein story, right? It's just yep. um, making virtual instead of physical, um, and 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 the nature of our own soul and how do we treat other people? And and did David waste his life because you know he sacrificed his own happiness, right? His own life was in a way ruined. Because uh, he mentions early in the film that he's asexual. Now you could debate whether he was somebody who was going to be asexual just because that's how he was, or was it as a result of whatever trauma, trauma he had experienced? Yeah. Um, because he does say, at, now that I think of it, he, he does say that they like to sometimes make us watch it. Yeah. What other people are doing, you know? Huh. So uh, you're assuming that there was some. Uh, Action, whether they're being trafficked or not, that there was some sexual activity still, regardless that they were exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never, like, he, he didn't. At the end, it wasn't like she's mad because he built her to go do his work, and he went on and left, lived his own life, and mm-hmm. he moved on yeah. when she couldn't, which would, which would have made her, um, her bitterness or whatever it is, her anger, uh, more understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he his life was just as much uh, devoted to this as hers was, and his life is over, and hers is probably just beginning. Um, well, and and that's where you know the emotion part comes in, because if you stop and think about it logically, yes, she's been doing this for fifty years, but she's got Lord knows how many years ahead of her, more than he ever had. And yep. the 50 years weren't wasted. She she did a great deal of good putting pedophiles behind bars and training herself to be a more effective AI, right? And, or or and, for, for lack of a better term, a better person. Um, and without the help of the government, without <laughs> her being fully developed, mm-hmm. he had put away close to 200 people in five years. Right. And now we're 50 years later. Yes. And so I imagine it's at least a couple thousand. Right. And uh, by the way, I'm also assuming because as you see, there's a uh, in act two. They've got a they've got one of those uh, cork boards on the wall. Uh 
and they have multiple pictures of children on the wall, and I'm assuming those are just different identities that she's taken. Yep, that's what I was. Yeah, that before. was my assumption. Yeah, so she's got too. So she's got different faces. Um, right, right. Well, because so she's didn't not. They say so while she point, she is Cherry, she's not just Cherry. Right, because didn't they say at one point they wanted to do uh, different? different uh, ethnicities, um, mm-hmm. genders, and all that other stuff, because there's all sorts of different types yeah, different of people. Sickos have different tastes. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's part of the, the, the being uncomfortable thing. Like, so, in the beginning of the film, when uh, they said he's been in chat rooms, my first thought was, who the fuck still uses a chat room? And apparently, I guess, pedophiles. Pedophiles still yeah. use chat rooms. Yeah. Now, I don't know who they're running into that's not another pedophile because, again, so somebody – so apparently it's children and pedophiles, which, boy, does that just happen to be a nice little Venn diagram overlap for the pedophiles. Well, and um, not to put too fine a point on it, but it's not like this stuff isn't real. Oh, well, I know that, but I'm saying – but I was going to say is now, now that makes me um, – like I feel like I, I, whenever I watch something like this, I like I feel like I've learned too much about. <laughs> well, and and yeah, my my buddy Dan knows somebody who used to work for Facebook. Um, uh, part of his job was to try and track down, um, stuff happening on Messenger, um, involving human trafficking, um, and he he had to quit because he couldn't deal with it. Anymore. Just too much. You just, you just it, have to have watched that Catch a Predator show to realize how many sickos there are out it, there. It's real. It's out there, and it's and it's and it's horrible. Uh, and while we were just talking about how it's probably not as bad as we perceive because of the plethora of information and stories that are sent our way, um, it's also still too, way way more than we want to consider. And there's right. still and, too and, much and, of it because there's there it's existing. That's the problem, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. When I and I want to be clear when I. When I said that earlier, I I certainly didn't mean it's not it's not that bad. So we got molested. No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. trying to pay yeah, no. <laughs> Right. I just, I just, I just before before the letters come in, what it what it is is horrible. Now you know I I, I like to see children murdered. That's very different. That's a whole different thing. But uh, it's very different. But it's not. The horrible thing to happen to just one, but it's our fear of it is probably disproportional to the, the numbers of it happening. But for understandable reasons, we're we have we're very fearful of it happening, and we have good reason oh, to be because, because so we awful. just yeah because it is so awful. Um, so the numbers may be exaggerated in our brains, um, because that's we're just so highly attuned, and we we are we are as a society generally very protective of children. Um. Uh, and we're wired that way for understandable reasons. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough, but it's it is a it's a horrible thing. And uh, there is a Louis C.K. has a bit on on pedophiles, and you know, which is uncomfortable, but it's funny. But one of the things he points out, it's like you know, is that the pedophiles they will they will always be with us. It's not like you get you're going to ever get the last one. There will always be more, right? There's always going to be more made. So no matter how many they lock up. No matter how few there technically may be in in the world, it's still too many, and there will still be more of them coming. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. yep. And the more people there are, the more uh, there are. <laughs> right, is. right, exactly. So now right, that there's right. eight million I mean, I mean, people, the, but the percentages could still remain the same. But but Barrett is right; there would be more of them. Yes. Right. Well, when when 
Bill, you and I, and actually Barrett and Eric were younger. We we were in a world that had like three and a half billion people. We're now over eight. Mm-hmm. So the world population has doubled. So that would mean that theoretically, uh, we've probably more than doubled the number of pedophiles. Right. And, as well as, be- as as well as murderers, sociopaths, ra- rapists. In honor, close to me! Close to me! <laughs> yes. Yeah, close to me. Yes, close to me. We, we've, we've doubled those people, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, any, uh, anything else? I'm good. Yeah, like I said, it's it's just weird because having these conversations, that's like, let's go back to the AI part. I don't feel so dirty about talking about the AI. <laughs> Lord, Lord, you know, ever forever may it rain. Um, I just. Uh, so how do you know pedophiles like chat rooms? I saw it on a show. Saw it in a movie. That's how I know that. I know it that way. That's how I know these things. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's see. Um, what about you, Barrett or Sean? Uh, anything else for you, either of you two? No, I think we covered we covered a good amount of it. So yeah, I'm good. I'm good on my end. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so I, th- I think I think we got everything uh, on topic. So um, since we are one hour and fifty in, I guess we'll just uh, give our final thoughts. Uh, but before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascanity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. And uh, Mike, me, you, and uh, Eric do another side podcast that we just recorded something this week, and we're going to be uh, doing one in June. Uh, yeah, we. it's the Cinema La Card podcast where we – uh, take turns uh, discussing a film that we, you know, probably love or uh, that would not otherwise be a Dark Discussions episode, um, or maybe just a film that we want to talk about. We most recently covered a Phil favorite from 2001, uh, and I don't know when if when that's going to end up being released. And uh, Eric has uh, another film uh, in his sights that we're going to be talking about in June. I'll give you a hint. It's a Clint Eastwood movie that narrows it down for you. <laughs> I, I, I like I like Unforgiven. Mike's. Uh, I, I like Mike's uh, point though. Sights. Uh, he said it's it's in our sights. Uh, but yeah, Unforgiven it is. Yeah, that was a good one. And uh, Unforgiven is is one that I've been throwing around myself. I just rewatched that again. That, that movie. Yeah, it's such a great that, movie. Oh my god, I saw that like seven times at theaters. Well, he should have armed himself. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> It's a hell of a thing, killing a man, taking away it off. It's really funny. For the longest time, I would tell people that I didn't like westerns, and then I started. I saw a couple of Clint Eastwood westerns, and I was like, "Okay, maybe I like some Clint Eastwood westerns." And then I saw some more Clint Eastwoods. I was like, "Maybe I like all Clint Eastwood westerns." And I saw some non-Clint Eastwood westerns. And I was like, "Well." Shit, I guess I like westerns. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck yeah, <laughs> I just I just picked up a couple uh, digitally to watch that I've that I've never bought, um, and I rewatched recently True Grit, the uh, Coen oh, Brothers gosh, so remake. Good. Oh, and that's which is which is another really good film. Who's and, in that? Um, who's, who's in that one? Haley Steinfeld, uh, yeah, Josh it's, Brolin. It's good. And, uh, and Jeff um, Daniels. Yeah. Yeah, and right. and Matt Damon, or not Jeff Daniels? Matt Damon. Sorry. Yeah, Matt Damon. Right. It's great. Yeah, I have to check that one out. Um, uh, uh, now, uh, uh, who do I want to go to next? Ah, Sean, Sean. Uh, me, you, Barrett. Um, our 
doing and and, and uh, well, actually, we're doing a, a theme month next month for the Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews. What's that all about? Uh, the it's going to be the LGBTQ plus month, isn't it? I believe for June. So yep. that's right. We're going to right. be doing that. Yep. The art, the, the lesbian art house, is the yep. thing that you usually do. So we'll be doing that for the month of June. That's right. And uh, Mike is joining us, and I think Let's and 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 Amy too for for some superhero stuff. What are those those two episodes about? Uh, we're going to talk about Peacemaker and Suicide Squad, the James Gunn version of Suicide Squad. So we'll be looking forward to doing those ones because the the movie is great and the Peacemaker series with G- John Cena is fantastic. Oh yeah, so, indeed. James Gunn, indeed. thankfully coming uh, over to DC, will help make some good changes for them. So indeed. And uh, Barrett, uh, what was that podcast that we just completed? Me, you, Sean, and Mike uh, about a month ago, uh, based off of HBO show. What's that? Uh, the Last of Us. Um... The Rise of the Cordyceps is the uh, name of the podcast, <clears throat> and we talked about the show on that podcast. A zombie show with no zombies. Very <laughs> few zombies. And, and, and I, I caught a show with very few Cordyceps. Yes, exactly. But it was uh, still enjoyable show to that did talk about. Best to eliminate the video game stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, let's get into our final thoughts on this film here. So uh, let's start with you, Mike. Yeah, like I said, it's, I respect the hell out of this film. I, I, I it was in, engaging intellectually. Uh, the performances were great. The writing was really, really solid. Uh, it's tough. I, I have to imagine it's tough to make a uh, basically a ninety-minute or so philosophical debate. About something so abstract as to as the nature of consciousness um, and pedophilia, uh, in in this this engrossing, this interesting. Um, it's, it's not it's not to me a good time film. It's not a good time watch. It's not one you're like, hey ma, here's one you're gonna want to watch, unless your mom just is a science fiction weirdo, uh, like like the rest of us. Uh, I mean that with all affection. Uh, but yeah, this is this is definitely a, a solid film. Uh, this is a uh, at the moment, I'm going to say uh, Buried Treasure, and uh, I'm hoping it doesn't stay buried for too long. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go to you, uh, Eric. Uh, yeah, I agree. This is, a, this is a great movie. I think this would be a great double feature with Ex Machina. Um, and I uh, really appreciated all the good acting. Um Yes, I will be very surprised if this doesn't end up near the top of my other genre list at the end of the year. It's it's excellent. All right, sounds good. Um, I would cons- concur exactly what uh, Eric said. Uh, yeah, I, I can't see how it won't be on near the top of my speculative fiction top list as well. Uh, probably will stay there because it's going to be tough to topple because it's a really great film. Uh, the acting's fabulous. Uh, the the whole idea of of what they talk about is interesting from the AI to personal demons following someone t- since their childhood and and even thrown in the the reason that the AI was even created in the first place and yet it, it's it's not really a major factor in the main plots of the 
the the story. So it's a, a really good film. Uh, yeah, I, I I loved it. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Sean Fox. Yeah, I'm just be with the rest of the crew here. Really great movie. Really done very well. Um, yeah, it's not full of action excitement stuff, but I would take this over a lot of the stuff that I've watched in the last six months or whatever. I think it's great cast. Um, and I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to have something that is actually thought provoking and actually make you think. All right. Sounds good. And, uh, Barrett. Yeah, this is, um, again, like I said earlier, going to be probably close to number one, if not number one in my other genre area when we do our end of the year. Um, it's definitely worth seeing kept my attention the whole time there are not a lot of movies where i'm just like okay i gotta put the phone down i gotta put everything down and just focus on this because it's so interesting not because it's obscure and hard to understand (laughs) so i definitely recommend it you should go see this movie all right sounds good uh so once again this film is called the artifice girl uh from 2023 uh eric mentioned that it came out at the end of april where ppv and VOD um, yeah, are you available. Uh, the film stars. Right, that's right. There you go. Uh, uh, Tatum Matthews stars as Cherry. Um, Frank Rich directed and wrote it, as well as stars as Gareth in two acts. Cinda Nichols stars as Dina. David Gerard as Amos. And then Lance Hendrickson in Act Three as Gareth. Uh, the film is readily available. Uh, so uh, check it out if you think it sounds interesting. And with all that stated, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about The Artifice Girl. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Mm-hmm.